you get the type of questions like, where did daddy put his watch? Yes. And a few times, in fact, I've done it for myself. I've lost my keys. You know, my significant other lost his wallet. I can connect in sometimes and find some things. I'm not going to say I'm 100% on, but a lot of times it's just a matter of like, I don't know, you just use your, that, that ability, that intuitive ability that, that I talked about before that we had when, when we were more living with nature and, and, you know, our life depended on that. Do you ever get questions like, could you ask mama why she left us or something like that? Um, I don't think I've ever had a question quite like that. A lot of times what will happen is spirit will bring me the message before the person gets the opportunity Mm. to ask the question. It's like, I'll say to someone maybe halfway through the reading, you know, do you have any questions? And they'll say, no, actually we've covered most of them. And that's, that's when I know I'm being a good operator. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That the signal is working. I I like that term. (laughs) So do you ask you, I'm sure you probably get some people to want to know the lottery numbers. I don't do that. Yeah. I, 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 you might get that question. You know, I know there are people who can do that, but I'm not one of them. I, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Yeah. So why do you handle, in the 12-step world, we also talk about uh, a quote by Herbert Spencer that paraphrased says that, there's one sure principle that will keep a person in everlasting ignorance, and that principle is contempt prior to investigation. How do you deal with that? You know, I, I've had people straight up sit in front of me and say I'm a skeptic, and I'd say, okay, well, are you sure you want to sit here? Because if you don't really believe it, I'm not. My stance is I don't really need to prove any of this to anyone. I mean, I know it to be truth for me. And so if you're open to receive, then we can... Openness. Yeah. If you're open to receive, then we can proceed. But I say if if you're closed and you're not willing, we're wasting our time here, you know, because I can be, you know, as evidential as possible and give them everything. But if they aren't open to receive, then what's the point? Have you ever felt that there was a message that someone perhaps wasn't prepared or should not receive? Um, there was only one instance of that, that I can actually recall. And this was somebody, I was actually on vacation in Jamaica Mm. and, um, and this woman was saying, you know, I've always wanted to meet a medium. I was with a friend and she was talking about us going on a haunted tour or something. And my friend said, well, you don't want to go on that. And I said, well, I could, but I'd choose not to. And, um, the woman said, I'd love to meet a medium. And I said, well, how are you doing? My name's Santina. (laughs) And so she was like, she couldn't believe it. And right away said, hurry up, read me, give me a reading. So I did. And I connected her into a child who she had lost. And she just wasn't prepared. She wasn't prepared to hear it. And, um, and the fact that she had never had a reading, she didn't understand how it worked. And I'm not normally in that kind of a put you on the spot kind of space. But I, I walked away from that hoping, and I, I have to trust that if I connected into it, it healed her in some way. But I think it was quite upsetting because she couldn't believe that somebody who she, this person who she just sat here, the stranger, would know these very intimate details about her life. So, what, uh, what, how do you explain to people when there's so much misinformation out there that's just made up uh, about spirits being uh, rooted to a spot or a house or a certain area? 
Well, I mean, they can be. I mean, that's, I wouldn't say it's completely false, but I would also say that, um, you know, it's possible to release energy and to, to help energy to move away. You know, if there's anything, it's like energy doesn't stay stuck forever. That's like, if you were, you know, that's a scientific kind of a fact. And, and so I guess in that space, I, I try to help people and enable them to free the energy in that space. If they feel something is stuck, if they feel something is residual, I work with them. And a lot of times the things that are stuck are because of the person who is maybe keeping them stuck there or connecting into that. What are thoughts? What are your thoughts about exorcisms? Um, I don't, I mean, I don't really feel like I'm, I could probably comment on that because I don't, I don't have any experience with it. It's not something I'm interested in. I'm sure that there are people that. So in Wizard of Oz, you'd be Glenda the Good. Probably, just because it's what I choose to resonate Isn't with. Isn't that beautiful? I love the word. I love yeah. that word that you choose to do yeah. that. Well, that's 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 so amazing. And it's wonderful that you don't have to convince anybody of anything. I, yeah, I just don't. You know what? I just don't worry about that. It's just not something that I choose to put into my awareness. So what type of people would generally come to you? What are they? What are they hoping for? I think mostly closure. I think sometimes people come to me because they find themselves at a pivotal point in their life and they need help with understanding and seeing maybe the best path forward for them. Um, so things of that nature, there are some things that people want to just heal and release, um, whether they be emotional or whether they be connected to someone who's in spirit. So there's a whole host of reasons why somebody may come to me and that's just probably like a sampling. How about somebody who has lost a loved one tragically? That happens a lot. Um, yeah, tell, tell us about that. I mean, I w- would never want to get into any details oh, for anything. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that, that, that I have to connect into that's tragic. And it's hard. And sometimes as a medium, I find myself getting extremely emotional and crying. And I will cry and I will weep because to me that's part of the message. And part of being a medium is is transferring and, and letting folks know that it's okay to release. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's been moments where I can feel the the impact that that tragic loss has had. And it's almost like a ripple effect. It doesn't just impact the family. It impacts the people that know the family. And it just goes out and out and out and out. And I always say, you know, when there's tragic circumstances around a death, the best thing that we can do is send love and to reflect and be grateful for the, the moments that we did have for that with that person. Because I really do feel that people in spirit are very connected to those that they leave behind on the earth plane. And that the suffering and the pain that they're feeling here is very real for them. They, they're a part of that. They're a participant in that. And so it's important that we, we grieve and we go through those natural processes. But as part of the grieving process, I really do believe that we have to be in a space of gratitude. We have to be in a space of loving those around us who are also feeling that loss of that person. And instead of withdrawing and kind of going inside of yourself, remember to reconnect with the people that are also feeling that pain. That's just gorgeous. Yeah. That's absolutely beautiful. I mean, that's 
what I do. I mean, that to me is the most important thing I think that, that we can do. When I deal with people who have suffered tragedy, Santina, one of their questions is, is did they suffer? Did they, were they in pain? Are they okay now? Uh, is there ever a time where you can get a message from the one who's crossed to them saying, Hey, I'm okay. It went all right. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes people in spirit will show me what happened to them as they're passing. They'll show me who met them, which is such a cool thing. Tell me about that. Yeah. So the, my first experience with that was actually my grandparents. So my grandmother was very, very ill and she was in a coma for a really long time to the point where the doctors convinced us she's brain dead. You guys need to pull this plug on her. So we as a family decided to do that. But the night prior my family and I, some of my family members, we decided to stay up and just reminisce and talk about all these wonderful memories we had with her. Because I've always heard, you know, when folks are in a coma, they're very aware of what's going on around them. So the next day, we it was a wonderful time. We just cried and laughed and it was just a nice visit. So the next day, we did this thing. My grandmother wakes up. She's supposed to die. <laughs> and she kind of looks around the room and says, what is everybody doing here? And what's going on? And we were all crying because it was just almost like a miracle. And so we got two extra weeks with her. And in that time, she told me that she was able to speak to my cousin who had just passed a few years before. Um, he, he actually died of a drug overdose. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyways, she told me that he had told her about me. And he coincidentally had the same name as her doctor. And I said, what? Your doctor said something? And she said, no, him, you know, my cousin's name. She said, you know, him. And, and then I realized, oh, so she knows. And she said, so I know that you can talk to me when I'm not here. And being raised very Catholic, you know, that wasn't, I never felt like that was something that I could expressed to her that she would understand, but she did. And she kind of said to me, why didn't you ever tell me before? And I said, well, would you, would you have understood? Would you have accepted that? And she said, probably not, but I get it now. So it was really cool for me to have that experience with her prior to her passing. And then the day before she passed, the doctors were going to release her to go home. And I had a knowing inside of me that I needed to go and be with her. And I was wonderful. I had, um, I was with her the day before and she ate lunch and we had lunch together. And it was fantastic. And, you know, I talked in terms that, Oh yeah, you're going to go home. But I had a knowing that even though she looked well and the doctors told me she was going home, I just felt inside of myself. No, this is probably going to be the last time. And it was, and, um, even watching being there in the room and watching her energy and her spirit leave her body was, it was amazing. So they were teachers for me. You know, they were teachers for me, and I had that later on in life. And then when my grandfather passed, she came to visit him. And my grandfather expressed to me, your grandmother came down the stairs. She let me know that I'm going to be going up there with her tomorrow. And so I guess this is, you know, I'll talk to you later. He said, oh, she told me about you, and I'll be talking to you. And he said, so I want you to go ahead and have a good life. I just thought, wow, that's awesome. I just... That was one of the most beautiful moments, I think, that I had with my grandfather. Well, in the Buddhist conception of life and death, that death is the natural progression mm -hmm. of this human experience and that it's just a crossover to the next life. Yeah. Yeah. 
and also that death defines life. It's true. Yeah. So actually you're you're a healer. You you try to you try to help people not necessarily answer questions but try to make that connection and right. The continuity of kind of the connection, you know, we may pass on from a physical existence, but our love and our personality and our being, our sense of beingness doesn't, it, it exists in some capacity. So what we try to help people understand that it's important to be present and aware with people that you care about and to add to and reinforce those relationships and let them know. Let them know how important they are in your life. And uh, what a privilege. Of course, there's, there's grief, there's sadness when somebody's dying, preparing to cross. However, I try to help people understand what a privilege that is to be with them as they're preparing to cross. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I just, I, I really feel, I don't know, I think there's two very special places. And, you know, one is like, you know, the neonatal unit in the hospital and then you know, another would be like a hospice. Those are two very spiritual places when you're just so close to, you know, I, I guess where we come in, source, whatever you want to call so it. So when you walk through a hospital or when you walk through a nursing facility. It's overwhelming. <laughs> I actually don't like walking into those spaces just because of the fact that you will feel every spectrum of the emotional rainbow, I guess you could call it, because you can feel the joy of new life, you can feel the sadness of, of life lost, you can feel, you know, the fear of diagnosis. It's just a very, it's a, it's a big energy soup that it's an energy soup. It's an energy soup in there. And it's almost, you almost more of like a jambalaya (laughs) because you don't know what's in there. It's all big old mix, but at the same time, it's all, it's a beautiful mix, you know? So I hate to say that I, it's it's hard for me to walk into a space like that. Not that I won't, but um, but yeah, there's a lot going on. So okay, it might be like walking into a concert and all the speakers are aimed at you, and ten bands are playing. That's pretty much what it. It's very overwhelming, mm-hmm. very overwhelming. But it's part of life, and it's also very beautiful too. So how does this play out in your earth life with the earth people? Well, with the earth people, um, I try to be, I don't know. I I don't, I just try to, I'm a human being having an experience too. So yeah, it's fun to talk spiritual talk and be connected to spirit and be in that space. But then it's almost like there's a switch that goes off and then I just go into like my normal existence. And what do you like to do for fun? What gives you some joy? Um, gives me joy. Well, I love doing this stuff, this like talking about it teaching other people to do it. That gives me a ton of joy. I, like I said, I love to scuba dive. That's where I go to recharge. Uh, so I go to the ocean. I get myself 60, 70 feet below the waves, look up and go, oh, I'm home. That's mm. basically my happy spot. And I don't know why it is, but I think maybe because there's not a whole lot of spirit activity under the ocean <laughs> too. So it's my way of kind of like disconnecting from all of that. So... Do you find there's more females or males that have this type of sensitivity? Um, I've noticed that there's more females, um, but that doesn't mean that there aren't males. I just think, I don't know. I don't know why there aren't an equal amount, but there are some. But it seems like mostly the people that come to my classes and, and whatnot and that are very open 
are mostly female. That's not a big surprise. Yeah. What would you say to somebody out there who's saying, you know what, I think I kind of feel what Santina feels. Mm-hmm. And however, I, I'm afraid to tell anybody. Yeah, then I would say, come on out to one of these classes and meet a whole bunch of people who are doing things and feeling things that are similar to that. Could you share a little bit more about those classes again for our listeners? Sure. So um, I teach at two separate places, one in the north, one in the south, every month. Um, and they're typically different topics. So, you know, and, I, and what I do is I decide based on the group of people that come what we need to focus on. So we work together as a group. So um, if it's we need to focus on, like most recently we did a a whole session on, you talked about time travel earlier. So we did it on our timelines and healing our timelines. So what we would do is we would identify a space in our past. So we would travel our timeline to a place in the past where we had some pain. And so we, we sat with ourselves in that space and we tried to release as much energy as we possibly could, um, uh, that we still felt emotionally to that. So you also talk about uh, connection with your previous self, your inner Mm -hmm. self, your younger self. And we we go to future self, too. So we we also went to the future and traveled down the timeline to where we want to be, what we want Mm. to manifest. And so we what we did in this class was we did an exercise where we asked our future self, am I on the right path? And if I'm not, what do I need to adjust? It was really healing. It was really wonderful to hear that. Some of the things I heard, I didn't really want to hear, but I'm like, okay, I guess I got to do this. I, <laughs> I guess I better do that, you know? So. Well, we always say it's action and effort in the present to make yes. the future possible. Yeah. And quite often I'll do an exercise with people where they meet, your, meet their future self. And I ask them to write a letter to their present self from their future self stating how much they appreciate the action and effort they're doing in their life to make it possible. That's great. That's great. Anything where you're doing some sort of a reflection from outside of your present space Mm -hmm. really gives you the perspective that, you know, right now is just so important. So it really brings you, I guess, by focusing back to the past and into the present or the future, it makes you more aware of your present and kind of what you're doing right now to either create what you want to create or to disassociate yourself from what doesn't really define you anymore. And hence, I'm right here, it's right yeah. now. And that's the, that's the philosophy we think. And in the 12-step world, it's often said that most good ideas are simple ones, mm-hmm. okay? And if we try to, what we we try to do in this world is to try to make order and sense out of chaos. We just let it flow. Oh, yeah. And we just try to fit in and participate. Mm-hmm. That's what we try to do. Well, you're absolutely delightful. <laughs> Thanks. I'm- I am so glad that we met that evening. And if anyone would care to have any comments about this show or perhaps have uh, Santina contact them, please go to the www.fishingwithoutbait.com website visit us on our contact page and we'll attempt to make that happen and facilitate that. And as always, at the end of every show, we offer a pre-prescription fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Shut off your TV and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself. Do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste. 
please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.